the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Welcome to Vatican Insider on this final weekend of February 2022. My guest this week in the interview segment that follows the news is Sister Gabriella Bonatti, International Coordinator of Talitha Cum, the Catholic Network Against Human Trafficking, under the auspices of the International Union of Superiors General. In part two of our conversation, we talk about how women rescued from trafficking are cared for and reinserted into society. We also discuss the difficulties nations have with stopping human trafficking and so much more. So stay tuned for this important story. And now the news headlines of the week. Sunday, February 20th. At the Angelus, Pope Francis reflected on the day's gospel on the basic life guidance that Jesus gives his disciples, especially for the most difficult situations, those the Pope said are the litmus test for us. Disciples are called not to give in to instinct and hatred, but to go further, much further. Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, and if anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other cheek as well. Turning the other cheek, said Francis, does not mean suffering in silence, giving in to injustice. With this question, Jesus denounces what is unjust, but he does so without anger or violence, rather with kindness. After reciting the Angelus, Francis expressed his closeness to victims of natural disasters, especially in Madagascar, struck by a series of cyclones, and the Petropolis area of Brazil, devastated by floods and landslides. At least 14 people were killed in Madagascar by Tropical Storm Dumaco, and some 4,300 have been displaced. The death toll so far from mudslides and floods in Brazil is 120. Monday, February 21st, Pope Francis started a three-day meeting with the Council of Cardinals. Tuesday, February 22nd, Feast of the Chair of Peter in St. Peter's Basilica. The Vatican Dicastery for Promoting Integral Human Development announced the theme chosen by Pope Francis for the 2022 World Day of Migrants and Refugees. That theme is Building the Future with Migrants and Refugees. The 108th World Day of Migrants and Refugees will be celebrated on September 25th. This day is observed every year on the last Sunday of September as an occasion to express support and concern for people who are forced to flee their homes and to encourage Catholics worldwide to remember and pray for those displaced by conflict and persecution and to increase awareness about the opportunities that migration offers. It was first celebrated in 1914. Also Tuesday, the Vatican announced that on Friday, March 4th, at 10.30 a.m. in the Consistory Hall, the Holy Father will preside over the celebration of the third hour and the ordinary public consistory for the canonization of Blessed Titus Bransma, professed priest of the Carmelite Order and Martyr, Maria Rivier, founder of the Congregation of the Sisters of the Presentation of Mary, and Mary of Jesus, founder of the Congregation of the Capuchin Sisters of the Immaculate Conception of Lourdes. Wednesday, February 23rd. 
At the weekly general audience, Pope Francis began a new series of catechesis on the meaning and value of old age, viewed in the light of God's Word. Increased longevity, he said, has led to growing numbers of elderly persons in our midst, and thus a need to reflect anew on the relationship between the generations. Our throwaway society often exalts youthfulness and even dismisses the elderly as an unwanted burden. It is important, then, to consider and value the spiritual fruitfulness of this time of life, what it can bring to the elderly themselves, as well as the gifts they offer to the communities of which they are an integral part. In these days of pandemic, said the Pope, we've come to see how much more important it is to offer our young people wise guidance, hope, and enthusiasm as they look to the future. As we begin these reflections, let us ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand and appreciate the great contribution that the elderly can make to a just and fraternal society. The Holy Father then made a heartfelt appeal for Ukraine, saying, My heart aches greatly at the worsening situation in Ukraine. Despite the diplomatic efforts of the last few weeks, increasingly alarming scenarios are opening up. Like me, many people all over the world are feeling anguish and concern. Once again, the peace of all is threatened by partisan interests. I want to appeal to those with political responsibility to examine their consciences seriously before God, who is the God of peace and not of war, who is the Father of all, not just of some, who wants us to be brothers and not enemies. I pray that all parties involved refrain from any action that would cause more suffering to the people, destabilizing coexistence between nations, and bringing international law into disrepute. He then announced March 2nd-Wednesday as a day of fasting for peace, and he encouraged believers in a special way to dedicate themselves intensely to prayer and fasting on that day. Thursday, February 24th. The Vatican released the Holy Father's message for Lent, entitled, Let us not grow tired of doing good, for in due time we shall reap our harvest if we do not give up. So then, while we have the opportunity, let us do good to all. Also Thursday, at 7 p.m. Rome time, Pope Francis met with students from across the Americas for an online event and dialogue organized by Loyola University in collaboration with the Pontifical Commission for Latin America. The two-hour online meeting brought together Francis and students from seven regional working groups of university and college students who had engaged in a synodal process of preparation through mutual encounter, listening, and discernment. Representatives came from the U.S., Canada, Mexico, the Caribbean, Central America, Brazil, and South America, and they discussed a host of issues regarding migration challenges, such as education, migration, environmental sustainability, economic justice, and integral human development in a synodal manner. The conversation was about finding new ways to build a world made of bridges and collaboration in the spirit of Fratelli Tutti. Friday, two announcements from the Holy See Press Office. Due to acute knee pain, for which the doctor has prescribed a period of greater rest for the leg, Pope Francis will not be able to go to Florence on Sunday, February 27th, nor will he preside over the Ash Wednesday celebrations on March 2nd. Also this, 
The press office confirmed that the Pope went to the Russian embassy to the Holy See Friday morning in Via della Conciliazione, evidently to express his concern for the war. He stayed just over a half an hour. A separate news source reported that the ambassador told the Russian media that the Pope personally wanted to ask about the situation in Donbass and Ukraine and expressed his concern for the conditions of the population both in Donbass and in the rest of the country. He appealed for care of the children, the sick, and the suffering. This, said the ambassador, is the main Christian goal. Well, those are the top stories of the week, but stay here for my talk with Sister Gabriella Botani about the scourge of human trafficking in the world. No time this week for a Q&A, but if you have a question for a future show, email me at jlewis at ewtn.com. She is one of the most beloved saints of all time, honored as the saint of the little way. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Therese of Lisieux entered the Carmelite convent of Lisieux in 1888 and survived only nine more years. Still, her extraordinary holiness and prayer life prompted her superiors to have her write an autobiography, The Story of a Soul. It became a spiritual classic. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Saints are the heroes of the Catholic faith. They serve as examples for all Catholics, showing us how to lead a more satisfying, more spiritual life in communion with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. View our comprehensive documentation of saints who serve as theologians and doctors of the church. It's easy. Visit EWTN.com and click Catholicism. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with Sister Gabriella Bonatti, International Coordinator of Talitha Kum, a global Catholic network against human trafficking. This week we talk more about how women are reasserted into society when they are rescued from traffickers. We talk about the February 8th initiative on the very day of prayer against human trafficking. And I ask why it is so hard to find the traffickers and close down their networks. Are governments simply unwilling or just unable? Or do they not apply proper resources? I'd love you to tell us a little more about the February 8th day-long marathon, whatever, an online event. February 8th is the day, not only Josephine Bakita's feast day, but it is the day when every year we mark this annual day of prayer and awareness against human trafficking. So tell us what happened on the 8th. That was amazing. I am always surprised by the richness of the commitment of many people. I think that celebrating a day, having a day to celebrate, to pray together, is also a day to to celebrate the feast of life because uh, we the last word is not the violence the last word is not the death right. but should be the hope the life exactly. the dignity of every person exactly. and we need it to strengthen one each other so the february 8th uh, i i remember that was my first task when i arrived in rome in 2015 I started uh, officially in January and February 8th was my first 
commitment. As we say in English, it was your baptism by fire. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. But I had the possibility to, let me say, to see the growth of this event in these eight years. Pope Francis is always sharing a message, accepting the invitation for a... um, for a meeting, for or, a something, meeting yeah. or something, yeah, is always really present for this for this event. And in last year, uh, we couldn't organize something because of COVID. Sure. And we started to invent something new and said, let us share online a, a global, uh, a worldwide prayer, uh, embracing exactly. uh, from east to west the word from the south to the north. And this idea of marathon came out and this year we celebrated also the second marathon of prayer and we received contribution from the organization's partner of uh, the of the marathon, of course, uh, Telitacum Networks throughout the world, but also Caritas Internationalis, the right. World Union of Catholic Women Organization, the Focolari Movement, and other um, and other organization partners gathered and sent. Con- it was really amazing. Well, I have to tell you that because I, I knew of this, I went online several times during the day yesterday to listen to some of the witnesses from the different countries and and it was very inspiring and very heartwarming I, I just sat there and I thought these are people who go out and save people from brutality from man's inhumanity to man to as you said to touch them to let them know that they're loved they're cared for and by the way they do have human dignity and so to listen to some of these uh, testimonials of the of the women out there on the front line was very very rewarding. Oh yes, and the, the special uh, uh, issue of this year is the participation of the youth, the Tlitakum Youth Ambassadors. Uh, they started a kind of movement of youth that they Good. are working to raise awareness among other youth and some are sending songs and they find a language that is touching the, the young generation because they are the one targeted by traffickers. So it's really a contagious, like we saw the COVID, you know, that is, yes. but there is also a good that is contagious and that when we can really spread out uh, a new mentality. And this is for me a, a deep sign of hope. I saw something and you just said the word that's important, wells of hope uh, on your website. This is a Christian and Muslim women working together against trafficking in the, so it's the Talitha Kum network in the Middle East. Just a few words about that. Like it happened in this year, sometimes we are blessed and the Holy Spirit, I, I experienced many times that the Holy Spirit is uh, leading us. And that was one of the experience, uh, how the uh, how women of different faith were able to come together uh, around one common good that it is to raise awareness and also to, to support the journey of many women, boys and men and girls uh, that are suffering uh, due of, uh, of the violation of, uh, of many um, of the human, of rights, the human sure. rights, but particularly on human trafficking. Yes. Yes, exactly. uh, it's really amazing to see women, Catholic, uh, Orthodox, uh, Shia, Sunni, Halawites, Druze, exactly. working together. 
Thank the Lord, really, because it's not limited to a religion, for sure. So mm-hmm. we have to have everybody's involvement. Now, you know, Sister, as we, of course, have, have met before uh, and, and interviewed in pre-COVID times, but the w- one question that comes to anybody's lips as you're studying human trafficking or as you're just having a conversation with someone is, and this was such a firm question for me, why is it so hard to find the traffickers and close down their networks. Now, as I had prepared that question and I was reviewing your work and your website, I came across something that really took my breath away. These were remarks you made at the 2020 OCSE conference, and that's the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe. And here's what you said. I have to quote this. When we sisters meet victims, we normally do not ask many questions. We know we have to listen to the stories many, many times before the person is able to share the true story. Trust must be stronger than fear, stronger than threats, stronger than shame. The person must be able to tell the raw, violent truth and be able to bear its psychological burden. So we we, not, we listen to the pain, the broken dreams, the violence, and we share their hopes and courage. And yet, interestingly enough, this is the part that blew my mind. In many instances, when these stories are reported to the police, somehow they never seem to be enough. It seems it's not sufficient to show the scars or describe the places or give the names. But it may sound like a paradox, but to be recognized as a victim is hard work. When we deal with the bureaucratic legal procedures, we are usually confronted with the main stumbling block of proving that the trafficked persons are not guilty of other crimes. And you went on and said a little more. But I just sat back in my chair and I thought, what do you people, what do you police need? But you they, know, yeah. when, when you go and report, uh, you need somehow to prove. Yeah. And this is uh, the, the issues of the, the proof, the burden of the burden of the proof is on the responsibility of the traffic person. So you can tell the things, and many people denounced, but then is the voice of the traffic person and the voice of the exploiters and the voice. And if you do not have really how to prove that, so we need to um, improve investigation Mm. that they are not only on the responsibility of the victims. We need to find different ways. This is one of the main issues. And it's making many people saying, I remember when I was in Brazil, many people were saying, Sister, I do not report anymore. Because if I report, nothing will Nobody believes me. Nobody believes me. Often the criminal organization, they have very strong uh, juridical support, lawyer, well-paid lawyer, and these people are often lost in the complexity. And often maybe they are also without uh, document because they are uh, undocumented migrants. So there is a kind of complexity legal legal procedures that are not making the journey of these people so the access to justice and the commitment of governments in many parts of the world 
to take over also um, the investigation in a different way. I think that it is one of the big issues of right. anti-trafficking today. Well, and, and I think that the problem is nobody is videoing. You don't have a video of somebody being trafficked or being beaten or uh, in slavery. So there's no, like you said a few minutes ago, proof. Well, what kind of proof? The only proof I'm going to have as a victim of trafficking, it's not proof, it's my word. Because I didn't have a camera. There is no other evidence. You're not going to have a document signed by the person who beat you. So also, if the police want to know that uh, this person does not have a criminal record, well, maybe they do because they were threatened. Yeah. They had to go out and steal or they were going to be beaten. So it's this is also how we can ensure security for the family, for example, if they are not in the country where the people were exploited, sure. trafficked and exploited, how we can ground them. So this is also one of the reasons that many people, they do not find also the courage to denounce and to report. Or they do that, but they are not able to bring evidences also in order to protect their family. I, so oh, I can see that, sure. a very complicated right. issue. Well, I mean, the work you're doing is it needs nothing short of a daily miracle, really, just to save, to save one soul. And I do know the numbers are, uh, of trafficked people are, are staggering. And I did discover a site, um, the United Nations Office, if I remember this correctly, the United Nations Office of Drugs and Crimes. And I saw some of the statistics and, and pie charts and everything else that they had with the numbers. It just makes the mind real with the, with the quantity of people that are in slavery today. Yes, it's always um, the, the official statistics are based on uh, the, um, the cases that they are identified and recognized as uh, cases of trafficking. But uh, again, uh, the reality, the hidden reality is, uh, is much more. Oh, yes. And it depends also, again, the fact that many people are not recognized, they do not enter into the statistics. Right. So it's always difficult to give real numbers. We have some like attendance, we have uh, uh, the reported cases, we are able to identify some indicators, but really um, is well, one of the issues that is we, ha we are struggling with because oh, of sure. the complexity. And, but I mean, even the numbers that you do have, they are without a doubt probably the proverbial just the tip of the iceberg it's what we don't see and the numbers yeah. of the of those yet to be to be rescued sister what can we what can citizens do to help uh, i mean if if there's anything yes first of all i invite you to to check uh, in in your country if there are some organization that they are working and get in contact with them to know more about trafficking uh, in, in your context, to support, of course, uh, the support, the financial support uh, is right. important. Uh, and you have to remember that uh, the healing process is really a long term. We are leading with people suffering torture, suffering violence, and it is not really easy to uh, is a not a short time issue. Then, of course, uh, 
the mentality change is very important and oh, this is yes. through education so i think that many people are working in education we can invent something we can uh, work with students we can raise awareness we can organize also in the parishes to to pray the international day of prayer was for many people a starting point to open to open their eyes about the reality of trafficking and many right. discovered that it was in their neighborhood. It was not yes. far away. It was something and in, we had beautiful stories like people that were able to find a way, that were able to report their situation because in the parish church the priest spoke about that and the mother heard and the daughter was uh, traveling and she was in that in, in a situation of trafficking, the girl wow. sent the information to the mom and the mom went to the parish priest and the parish priest called Talitakum and Talitakum was a... So these kinds yeah. of, um, you know, the more we are able to be network with the good, exactly. the better. Because traffickers are very good network, but we are very strong. We have really people of goodwill. We are many. We can do a lot. Like you said, they're they're well organized. They're well financed. They have lawyers. So, whatever they have, uh, Talitha come and all of the associations have to have more somehow. But we have one thing they don't uh, have, and that would be faith that people can be rescued, and hope in a future, and just prayer, as you said. So, Sister Gabriella, we're getting right here towards the end of our time, and. I appreciate your time. I know I talked about this on a radio show yesterday with a colleague. In fact, I told her I was coming here, and she wanted to get on a plane and, and, and join us. But it's a wonderful conversation. I want to keep the awareness up. and um, So I want to thank you for your time today. I know you're still getting over the February 8th celebrations, so, but thank you. Yeah. Thank you, and I would like to, to remind you that you are in the U.S., that uh, our network is the U.S. Catholic Sisters Against Human Trafficking yes. is the U.S.-based uh, Telitacum network. Well, what I do, uh, will do the Friday, this show airs on a weekend, and the Friday before the weekend it airs, I always post a picture of the person and I tell them who, who my guest will be, and I will put on your website and uh, a link to the website, and then also off the sisters to the US in the U.S. Sisters. Yes, yes, sure. I think it is good. We yes. are starting really to to make visible the diversity. Of right. course, on Telitacom they can see all the other networks, right. but it is important that the people in the U.S. they are linked also. And I believe Ambassador uh, Gingrich is still in in touch with an awful lot of these people because Probably I know yes. she supports anything that will rid the world of of human trafficking. So. Sister, God bless you. God bless all the sisters who work with you. And we will pray every day that one more trafficked victim will be found rescued and loved. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. For more information on these stories or to check out Joan's blog and to ask her a question, go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.